you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Scotty Ryanshield. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me tonight are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Jeff Walton, Jamie Martin, Dave Smith, and new members, Doug George, James O'Brien, and Jonathan Wall. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Good evening. Pretty good. During this soft season, we've, uh, we've been expanding to FOSI, uh, bringing on some new blood, uh, trying to build our team, uh, be even more competitive than we were in 2016. Uh, we did have one points champion in uh, the NIS in, in Dave Smith. Uh, this year, we're going for more. Um, we've added, I think, four or five guys, and uh, over the next couple shows, we're going to try to work them in, introduce them to everybody, and uh, just get to know them. So uh, we'll kick off with that. Uh, we'll start off with uh, James. Uh, when did you start on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? Uh, I don't really remember how I heard about it, but it was 2010, actually, a long time ago. Um, I think I just tripped over it from getting tired of Gran Turismo and Forza and wanted something a little more realistic. Finally had a computer worthy of running something good and uh, could have been Dale Earnhardt Jr. actually, something like that back then. Right on. Uh, you've, you've, when did you actually join? Was it 2010? Yeah, somewhere around then. I think uh, May 2010. Nice. It looks like you've got a pretty decent I rating, uh, around 3,400. Good safety rating. Yeah, I try to strive to be clean every race. I know sometimes it's not the fastest, but uh, it gets me good finishes usually. Do you do much road at all? It looks like you've got a decent I rating there too. Yeah, actually, I prefer doing road course racing. Um, I just so happen to be better at oval. Um, I actually do time attack in real life and try to use it as kind of a practice of sorts, but I've never really gotten into road because Oval's just taking up all my time. Cool. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, when did you start, and how did you hear about it? Um, well, I signed up a few years back, but uh, it's before I really had any equipment that was capable of handling iRacing and uh, such. So um, I'd heard about it, um, <clears throat> probably off a couple of my friends who I did some console racing with. Um, got kind of tired of those and was looking for something else, kind of like James, and I uh, just stumbled upon it. And I didn't really know what it took to be a computer guy, but um, I didn't have the money at the time, and I was very interested. But I didn't really start getting into it until about a year and a half ago. I purchased a computer worthy of trying it out and um gave it a shot and uh, I, let's just say i never looked back right on uh and james uh, you're down in florida yes sir about right near pbir palm beach florida and jonathan where are you at i'm about 30 minutes north of raleigh north carolina in a place called henderson 
down there in NASCAR country. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm about two hours outside of Charlotte, maybe. But Moving it's, but it's, uh, it's right central. I mean, NASCAR central, Martinsville, Charlotte, all those places, yeah. Cool. Uh, James, uh, how often do you get to race normally, and, and what classes do you run? Not as often as I'd like to. Um, in Oval, I tend to do NIS or A Open. I'll fool around in B class because it's, to me it's just a lot of fun and more easy to get into. Kind of gives you a feel of the track before A. Uh, roadside, I'm trying to get into uh, V8 Australian supercars, and uh, I'm actually finding that I'm pretty quick in the advanced Mazdas. I think Carlos might have just tilted his head when you said V8 supercar. Huh? They're a bunch of fun. What about you, Jonathan? What? Uh, how often do you get to race, and and what do you normally run? Well, as of lately, I've I usually run about three to four official races a week, um, but I want to do more and be more active. It's just the nature of my job; to, it keeps me traveling around a lot. So I do keep a little uh, a gaming laptop on the go, um, so I can do that. It just all depends on my surroundings and how busy I am. But I do usually get to do at least three to four official races and then I have a league or two I might run in also. Okay, you want to tell us about the leagues you run in? Um, I run, I got a couple of part-times that I just run in for fun, um, but I do run in one full-time called iCar. They've, they were a big console league and they just kind of made the move to iRacing a couple of years ago. So I'm just kind of uh, helping them out and learning a little bit about iRacing myself. So having a little bit of fun. It's, it's always fun to do league racing because it's not as quite as much pressure. Um, there's no safety on the line. There's no iRating on the line. So just something cool to go out and have a little bit of fun. What about you, James? Do you run any leagues? Yeah, I uh, do a B-fixed league every Sunday night from Precision Racing Leagues, I believe they're called. Um, I won the championship last year, a couple hundred dollars. They're a bunch of nice guys. It's varying skill levels. I'm actually probably, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of real fast guys that take part in it. It's a lot of fun. And I just signed up for uh, the SRA League, Sim Racing Authority. I see it all the time on iRacing, pop up for live live watching. So I decided to jump into that. And there are guys in there with six, 7,000 iRatings. So I'm hoping I can learn a lot about the, uh, the A car in there. Yeah, I, I've been really interested in leagues. They don't seem to plan around my schedule, unfortunately. I usually race later at night through the week seems like most of them start say before 9 p.m eastern and that's the 9 9 p.m eastern is kind of the earliest that i can usually get into it so that's great you guys are able to be part of that it's nice to race and and not have to worry about sr and ir and just enjoy the racing get to know other people it definitely helped Reboost me getting back into iRacing because I'll take breaks for months at a time sometimes and I found the Precision Racing League and uh, Definitely like knocked the dust off and I feel like I'm better now than I was looking at my stats from a few years back like my uh, Average incidents per race and all that I'm getting cleaner and cleaner every year 
Okay, we'll move into uh, what kind of rigs you guys have. We'll start off with James. Tell us about your rig, setup, wheel pedals, computer, monitors, all that. Uh, I actually built the computer after I was getting more serious into iRacing probably three years ago. It's uh, pretty basic. It's got a 7970 graphics card, 16 gigs of RAM, um, three or four hard drives because I watch a lot of movies too. Um, I think it's an 8-core 50 FX 8300 or 8350. It's been a while mm. since I bought it. And uh, I recently picked up a used G29 with the pedals, and I love it. It feels great. I had a DFGT before that. I actually found a PlaySeat Evo on Craigslist for 80 bucks across the state and picked that up. So I've actually gotten really lucky with how much everything's cost me. And I just use a basic 32-inch LED TV that I got on Black Friday, coincidentally. Do you find that the TV keeps up with, with iRacing pretty well? Yeah. Um, I used to do a lot of shooting games, and I know that the refresh rate and the, uh, what's the other thing, the uh, millisecond delay is a pretty big deal on there. But this, I always try to find the TVs that have pretty low ones. Uh, next will probably be triple monitors when I get a new house, but right now I just don't have the room. What about you, Jonathan? Tell us about your setup. Um, I started off on a little laptop and I saved up and I got a, a gaming laptop and that was just for uh, racing while I was on the road, you know, something to kill the time uh, when I'm not doing business. Um, but I just recently made a, uh, a purchase from a guy, a friend of mine who builds computers. Um, not really a huge, huge tech guy, but I know it's got the AMD processor that's equivalent to the Intel i7. Um, it's got the GTX NVIDIA 1060 graphics card, 16 gigs of RAM, a solid state drive, and some other little goodies in there. But um, I run with a 27-inch uh, uh, AOC monitor. Um, I, I went with a monitor just for the refresh rate and such. I think it's a little bit better than using the TV and I personally don't like the bigger screens but um uh not really a big big huge fan of triples I mean I might do it one day when I have the room like he was saying but I think I'm fine with this uh for wheel and pedals I use a, a G27 I snagged them up before the G29 came out so I got a pretty good deal with mine the only thing is the G27 is fantastic it's just I am looking to upgrade the pedal set though yeah, no, a lot of our teammates, including myself, have, have got a nice set of pedals. Uh, I actually have the HPPs. I think a couple people have the the main performance that used to be available. Uh, I got to say, I, you know, my limited experience here, it definitely made a big difference for me having a, a uh, pressure brake pedal over the position. The... Uh I haven't found a reason to upgrade mine just yet. I hear all the benefits of it. Uh, my race car in real life has a real rock hard brake pedal. And when I bought the G29, I was fooling around with it and it feels almost identical, like the same catch point and everything. It's probably less accurate, honestly, but to me, the feel is exactly what I'm used to in real life. So I just went with it. When it probably breaks, I'll probably go with something more expensive and fancy. But for now, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think as with anything, uh, 
I think is if you practice enough and you're comfortable with something, I've not read too many places. Pedals seem to be a big place for debate, but direct drive wheels, uh, triples, I don't know that there's any decisive evidence they make you that much faster. I I personally just just got triples, and uh, it was a big upgrade for me. I I couldn't believe how much I was unable to see in the past. Uh, I don't think it made me any faster, but it definitely made it, more comfortable to race closer to people, uh, to know where other people were on restarts from the inside or outside. I can, I can just look over and see the car on my left or right. Uh, I hear a lot of people complain about, uh, restarting second, for example, uh, you know, and you're kind of out there in the dark. Uh, I can just look over and see the, the number one car to my inside when he goes. So I, I think triples are, are a, a good upgrade, uh, but I, I definitely think people can be competitive on a single monitor. Uh, yeah, I've never had the benefit of triples yet. Uh, that's actually probably one of my biggest flaws though, is restarts in second place. I absolutely hate it, but I'm starting to get better at them. I usually kick the view to the left, so I wait until they go. And, uh, sometimes I can see them hair ahead just a bit and uh, catch him off guard. Yeah. Uh, James, do you use any third-party software? Uh, Trading Paints, Motec, uh, a few others, uh, Virtual Racing School. Anything I find, I'll try it out. Yeah, if all you have is the one monitor, it's kind of hard to run too much while, while you're in the race. Yeah, just... Uh, the VIS is pretty cool. I'm getting into that with the road racing. It helps me uh, get faster in some of the more difficult cars. Yeah. What about you, Jonathan? You running any third-party stuff? Um, not at the moment. I run Trading Paints. You know the typical. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff that I've been looking to get into. I've just not really known anybody who's messed with it. So, um, I mean, it's some setup software would be nice. I'm looking at some. Uh, Maybe some third-party software to run on an, on my iPad as I'm racing to make you know adjustments at your fingertips a little bit easier on the car and and things like that. I just haven't really meddled into it too much. Yeah, I recently when I upgraded to three monitors, I actually went from one to four. I've got the triples and then I've got a fourth screen above, and I never imagined I've got Z1. I never imagined how convenient that would be. Uh, one thing I use probably more than anything is the track map where it shows you the, the little dots going around and uh, it really helps you keep track of where people are on the track, uh, exiting pits and and uh, how far ahead you are of people. I, uh, I definitely think there's some advantages and comfort there. I, like, again, I don't know that any of that makes you any better, faster, more competitive, but it definitely makes it easier. Right, and I think um, I'm exactly like you. Like, I don't think you're going to find two tenths of speed from it, but there are some things that you can do to minimize mistakes. And uh, one of the key things to being successful in here, I've learned in the past year and a half, is minimizing the mistakes that you made. And nine times out of ten, you can easily finish top half of the field just by making no mistakes. So there's that. Yeah. Uh... James, uh, I believe it was you that mentioned having a real-life race car. 
tell us about that and uh, anything else uh, about your your personal life outside of iRacing that you want to share? I've been building a Time Attack Evo Lancer Evolution 8 uh, for the last year. It's uh, seen many drives across the nation in uh, track time. Uh, it hasn't been racing anything official just yet because it's not done. But uh, I've uh, been trying to get into that for a couple of years now. It's just so expensive. And uh, I usually go up to Tail of the Dragon or any of the mountains up in North Carolina. As often as I can, I go about four or five times a year, might even move to Asheville. And uh, I'm also a licensed storm chaser in real life. I study meteorology pretty uh, intensely. Nice. Yeah, I love weather. It's so much fun. It's If I had to choose weather or cars, I'd probably choose weather. That's cool. What about you, Jonathan? Anything uh, interests outside of iRacing or any anything interesting in your personal life you want to share with us? Um, that one kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I mean, I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I've always been. Uh, I mean, I watched racing. I'm 26, and I watched racing since I was in diapers. So, I mean, outside of that, I haven't really found anything i love more than racing <laughs> yeah yeah uh we'll work into our last question for you guys here uh james uh, what's your most memorable iRacing moment so far uh i believe it's a shoe in i was doing an nis race a couple years back at talladega and i've never really had the best luck at plate tracks and i think we were i was about 10th place with about 11 laps to go and we were all separated from pit stops like nine, 10 seconds away from the leaders. And I found this guy on there and he was uh, real helpful. He pretty much pushed me all the way up to the front and I won sliding across the finish line by like zero or point zero one zero second. It was something you see out of like a real race. It was pretty awesome. Uh, Never happen again, though. I'm usually wrecked out by, like, the 10th lap or something. And uh, this year I was actually uh, recruited to do the Rolex 24 with the Precision Racing League. They liked my driving and wanted me to do a stint or two. And I may have not helped them, like, get first place or anything, but it was definitely a lot of fun and very memorable because, to me, I took it so seriously and uh, it paid off. They uh, finished seventh in, out of, like, 57 cars in the room. Yeah, the the twenty four hour races, uh, endurance races in general, are are great fun. We we've done uh, several as a team. I think I, the Rolex twenty four was my second one with our team, and uh, it's great team building. Uh, it gives you a little extra time to spend with each other, and uh, a really good time, especially if it's you know not something you do week in and week out. Makes it a, a good experience. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, most memorable iRacing moment? Uh, for me, that's kind of a tough one. I mean, you know, everybody likes their first wins. And, and of course, the the side-by-side -side Talladega finishes that James mentioned. Um, but I'll say for me, it may have to be getting, getting in a race with a few real uh, race car drivers. You know, Kyle Larson, Ricky... Rico Abreu, you know, Bubba Wallace, 
Ross Chastain, all those people. And I mean, even though at the end of the day, iRacing isn't real, it's just always kind of surreal and satisfying to see how you would stack up against a real, a real superstar. So um, that's kind of, kind of um, maybe my most memorable. It's kind of like a, a collaboration of different memories, just because it's uh, it's kind of cool. Because nowhere else in you know in the world can you get as close as you can with these guys on this service so yeah i agree uh you know i've i've told people about iRacing uh, surprisingly even though i'm involved in in motorsports not many people have heard of it and uh, it, when you at first they're skeptical they think you're just playing uh you know a console game type racing uh deal and then you start telling them how you know, there is real life uh, pro drivers on there. Uh, there's drivers on the service that never drove a real life race car and are getting offered rides now. Kind of really makes their ears perk up. That's probably one of the perks I, I did it for and I still kind of do. I don't think I'll ever get to the pro level on here, but I uh, always aim to do so at every race. Just to think about like the benefits and uh, hell about oh three or four races ago, I actually raced with Denny Hamlin. I mean, he demolished the field, but, you know, it was still a lot of fun trying. Yeah, he's been really tearing it up this off season. Uh, I think uh, quite a few of our teammates have, have found their way into races. I think Doug maybe uh, was in one with Brad maybe a couple weeks back where they uh, entered a late night race and was up against Denny. And he's definitely a, a good shoe in the simulator as well. I, uh, well, I, I guess, uh, welcome to the team guys. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I feel, uh, very confident that the additions we've made during this off season, uh, have improved our team. And I think we've got a good group, uh, an eager group, uh, motivated and and I think with the the leadership we have here and the motivation and effort everybody seems to be willing to put in we've got some good things to come so welcome and uh, glad to have you thanks man I'm uh, happy to actually finally found a team that's willing to put up with me because sometimes I can't race all the time and I've been uh, booted off many a team for not treating this like a 24-7 ordeal yeah, I kind of echo James there. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's hard to find an active team that, you know, that wants to make you better as a driver versus, you know, you making them better as a team. So I'm excited to see what we can do this uh, season and I'm ready to get going. Great. Uh, I guess we'll move into the rest of our show now. Uh, here lately, we've been kind of jumping into race results uh, it's kind of been quiet. We uh, covered a lot of race results uh, on our last podcast. Now that Pro Series is over, really everybody's just dabbling in uh, whatever they can find time for, whether it be A, B, or C, uh, fixed and open. Uh, I think everybody's been grabbing some good um, finishes, and uh, I've seen a lot of activity with the team uh, working on setups and just finding a way to gel together. Uh, we do have a, uh, uh, a 
listener of the podcast that that happened to be watching a uh, an A open on Monday night and uh, noticed that uh, there there happened to be a, a pretty big rivalry opened up between No Excuses Racing and Tafosi. Apparently, uh, our driver Jeff Walton was racing door to door with their driver John Schulte and. And uh, Carlos gave Jeff the okay to put John in the wall. What? Uh, and uh, John Hammer happened to be crewing for John Schulte. And, uh, you know, there was quite a few words exchanged. There was definitely some love lost. Hopefully John will be back on the show at some point. Maybe we can, uh, make, maybe we can try to make amends with that. But uh, it, it sounds like it was good fun and... And uh, maybe this is a bit of trolling. I don't know. Carlos, what did you think about that? I didn't even know about it until now. I don't even know about it. And it's not like me to <laughs> cut somebody out in the middle of a race. I think it was just John Hammer messing with us. I probably is. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, it's time to paint the race car and put John John Hammer's name on the race car. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll skip our ne- next topic uh, and move on to to something we were going to try to get to at the last podcast. Got a little busy and and didn't get to it, but I know it's a big topic right now. Uh, the next couple topics are about uh, dirt. And uh, the first is uh, Tyler Hudson, uh, one of the peak antifreeze drivers, uh, ended up accepting a position with iRacing and uh, put out a couple posts uh, about his experience with dirt so far uh, while working at iRacing. Uh, any thoughts on that, you guys? I'm kind of landing my dream job there, I think. Well, from his uh, write-up that Tyler did, it sounds like Dirt's rather promising. It was a pretty extensive write-up. Yeah, it, I definitely could sense the the approval in, in his his words as he typed them. That that he was definitely even he was surprised at how good it really was. I think he did say, you know, there was a few things that uh, they still had to work on, but. His uh, initial thoughts were were pretty much that his mind was blown by how realistic it was and, and how much fun it was. I don't know if I'll ever use dirt as a, like a training tool or uh, even like a competitive in it, uh, but I'll probably definitely be buying it just for the novelty factor. Yeah, I think uh, that's what a lot of people will start dabbling in. And uh, I think that uh, I'm interested to see how many people jump on. Uh, I think the general consensus is that we'll see a lot of new membership from it. Uh, People that are out there teeter-tottering about joining iRacing that once it comes out, it'll bring in a lot of new membership and and I think that'll help classes across the board, uh, especially on the oval side. I think you'll see some guys maybe dabble in NIS or you know the other oval series uh, once they once dirt brings them in. Uh, but I, I know there's been a lot of excitement on it. It looks like uh, 
we must be getting a little closer because they did uh, uh, open up a, a dirt oval section on the forums this week. Uh, most of the posts that I've seen so far are uh, somewhat bogus and just jibber-jabber, but uh, it's neat that they added that and gave people a place to talk dirt oval. I saw in Tyler's post, too, they were mentioning something about a Ford Fiesta, and I know you don't race those cars on an oval track very often, and uh, that might be something I would look into getting into if uh, they do a WRC Mimic series. That's yeah, also saw in Tyler's post. You know, he writes, the track, the track changes a lot, visually and grip-wise. You know, that's people that run dirt know that, you know, you got to go search for the grip. Well, it's just like what we're doing at NIS. The track changes. We gotta search for group for grip. You know, it's gonna help people become. I feel a better driver. You know, when you have to go look for what you need to get the car to hook. Yeah, I think people started to see a little bit of that dynamic track in the Pro Series with forty plus cars running around. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm good enough to to have noticed a whole lot of different. I don't think my driving is consistent enough uh but i think a lot of people have said with that many cars uh running around the track that they could start to see that happening and it sounds like it's going to be more profound and dirt to where you got to really start jumping around i hope uh with the uh maybe the technology they have uh simulating dirt they can carry some of that over to pavement uh racing and uh make the dynamic track a little more accurate not that it's bad but uh, there's always room to grow even with like the tire modeling and everything which i feel like they have it pretty good right now I, I know it's been hit or miss the last year or two yeah yeah that's uh for sure did you guys see that twitter feed that that uh got thrown out today uh showing tyler hudson and nim cross uh last night uh side by side uh rigs doing some dirt racing no i didn't I'll have to check that out yeah it's pretty cool i you know it, it'd be more interesting to see a video but it's neat that they're obviously day-to-day -day putting some time in on it john it looks like you joined us welcome what's going on guys you just missed uh your name was brought up a little earlier we had an anonymous listener uh, bring up uh, about a uh, open rivalry between No Excuses and Tafosi, where Carlos was crewing for uh, Jeff Walton, and and Carlos gave him the okay to dump your driver, and there was some words exchanged, and yeah, yeah, we went down to the hauler and beat the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's oval racing, right? Man, I don't know. It was funny because I saw him come, Walton coming by, and I'm I'm crewing for John Schulte, and I'm like, yeah, that's one of the Tafasi. And before the Fosse came out of my mouth, we were in the wall. <laughs> I was kind of laughing. I, I might have gotten a little loose, a little bit. Is that the Matt Kins, the school of NASCAR racing? <laughs> he apologized. It was you apologized. It was all good. We had. Yeah, a... I felt bad for that one. If, if memory serves me right. <laughs> yeah. You were just trying to give a lot of room, and I think you gave too much and hit the wall. Yeah, I, I lost a little bump right there on the front stretch um, coming out of four. 
and uh, I tried to save it, and there was nothing I could do. Yeah, we were speaking of people talking and, and, you know, things happening during saying it. We and we were in a race yesterday. I think it was Dave and I, wasn't it, Dave, that uh, we're under caution. And this guy behind Dave says, uh, hey, guy, we're, we're just getting ready to go green. And the, and the guy says, I'm going to apologize for what's about to happen. And he didn't get happen out of his mouth. And he runs right into the back of Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was something else. Uh, at that point, my my right front was already pretty well tore up, so I was able to laugh it off. I mean, if I had a whole car and I was still fighting for a chance to win there on that last restart, I would have probably been a little bit more upset over it. But I was able to just let it slide. Yeah, uh, jumping. Uh, further down and in, into the podcast notes here we uh, continuing on with the forums uh, there was a, a thread opened up uh, to Greg Hill and iRacing basically uh, giving props to the the new sound of the Porsche and uh, you know a lot of people were saying how great it was posting videos of of the Porsche and um Steve Myers put a, a, a reply within the thread that says, I am really happy to see this post. Ozzy Greg is a superstar and really busted his ass on this car. He really pushed the developers who in turn implemented new code to model the driveline at a level we have never done in terms of sound. We really are just seeing a glimpse of what is to come with sound. And Grant has almost finished hooking in X-Audio 2 and when the project is finished, we are really going to be blowing your minds. And that was a post from Steve Myers. What do you guys think about that? The Gen 6 car needs sound. <laughs> it's bad. What about you, Carlos? You, you've been racing the Porsche. What do you think about that sound? Oh, it's good. Yes. Yeah, they get used to that. I pitch wine, but it goes away once you get used to it. Yeah, I noticed uh, when I when I would leave the pits, when I would first take off, there's some kind of there's some kind of uh, some kind of gear whine, just a real quick chirp. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what causes it, but I uh, I did hear it. Uh, every time I left from standing, I don't know if that means I was driving it wrong or, or what, but uh, I, it's, I, I don't know that my mind was blown by the difference in sound. I, I didn't, however, listen to the sound on a replay outside of the car. Seems like most of the videos were from that. Uh, from this, it looks like most of the new sounds are interior noise with, with driveline noise. Uh, can't say that I really noticed it because I've, I've heard. You know, I know in the oval stuff, you get the, the brake squeak and, and some driveline noise, but that's neat that they're always working on new stuff. And, and I've seen in the forums uh, recently where people have been talking about the, uh, the sound needing to be updated. And uh, so it looks like they're starting to work on that. Actually, this pretty much started back when they started releasing the Audi, the GTO, whatever. And the Nissan, you can listen to the one on here, and it sounds just like the actual car. 
that's really ever since I noticed that is where they started wanting to mess with sound of other cars. Which is a good thing, I guess, for a step in the right direction. The Audi sounds pretty good, too. The Audi 90. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, I think. I know one thing we talked about last week with the rollout of the Porsche was people debating whether or not there was a new tire model or not. Um, there is a, 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 a thread uh, about that. Uh, several posts from, from staff members between Steve Myers, uh, a Jason Breifogel. Um, I guess it's just the two of them with replies. Uh, Jason had mentioned that it was a new tire model, but then Steve came back and looks like he says that it is not a completely new tire model, just uh, something in between, uh, but that there is something different. What do you think about that, Carlos? So, you, did you read any of that? No. But yeah, I kind of get what they're saying. Like, it's definitely different. It's just, like I said, like they said, it's not a whole new thing. It's just slight improvements of what we have now. Which is a good thing still. Yeah, yeah, that, that Porsche will be neat to, to see it unfold over the next month or so with the the start of its own series and uh, see what kind of following it has, uh, see if it uh, blows up like a lot of new things and then slowly withers down to where it will uh, eventually end up with participation-wise. One uh, interesting thing that that was brought up uh, was Jonathan Butel. Uh, He had a, a reply in a thread that he was disappointed about the the iRacing Porsche series logo. Uh, it has some trippy font that doesn't really look anything like the Porsche logo. And uh, Jack Davidson, a uh, staff member, did reply and said that they they don't have the rights to use the official Porsche font uh, for the logo and that it's understandable that from Porsche's perspective uh, that it's not a Porsche-run series uh, and... That's pretty much why. What do you think about that, Hammer? You seem to be kind of our guy on the the legal department. Well, yeah, I can imagine that, you know, we don't want to give out our logo and give out their logo, and you're dealing with Porsche. So, I mean, Porsche isn't just going to hand that out unless they're going to be overseeing it because it represents them. It's a little odd, though, because, I mean, you can get the Porsche logos off of the websites. Maybe Porsche thinks it means something more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think it's a little crazy that they allowed us to model the Porsche vehicle. Uh, The Porsche logo is several places, I believe, on that, uh, and in track scenery, I believe, even, uh, so that to not allow it, on the series that goes along with the specific cars, kind of surprising. It might, but it's a lot easier to access when it's there. Like you can just kind of take it if you will. Yeah. Uh, another little throw in here in the, uh, NIS forums, 
there is a thread for uh, 2017 NIS paint schemes uh, for people to share their their new or old paints that they'll be running in NIS uh, this year. So uh, if you have a new paint or want to share your old one, stop by the NASCAR iRacing Series uh, area of the forums and drop it there. Yeah, we're getting close, getting close to Daytona. It's getting here. They put a date out yet for that? No, I think they've released that anyways. Yeah, they they came out last week and you know on Twitter and said that I believe it was Friday that they were going to release it or uh there was hinting of releasing it Friday, but as of today I still didn't see it. So well, here's my take on that. The uh, the real Daytona 500 is Sunday, February 26. So if I had to guess, I'm just throwing it at the wall here and seeing if it sticks. But I want to say the iRacing Daytona 500, the first day of it will be Wednesday, February 22nd. Yeah, and I think uh, everybody's probably under the understanding that it'll work out like that and the time slots won't change, but I do understand people trying to maybe work their work schedules around it and wanting to know for sure uh, in a little uh, advance. But We still got a month to go, though. Well, they always follow the uh, the real-world schedule, so... That's where my uh, my guessing comes into place is because they always, you know, you always have your last NIS races on Sunday of the real race. So that's where I'm, I'm gathering that our first Daytona 500 will be uh, the 22nd of Wednesday in February. Right. Uh, it does look like uh, Tony Gardner uh, threw a, a thread in each of the classes on the forums this week. Uh, says the same thing in each one. Says, good day. Please feel free to send me one community-based series schedule for Season 2, 2017. It should include the tracks for Weeks 1 through 12 and race distance. We appreciate it. Please send by email to tony.gardner at iracing.com by February 7th. Good racing. Uh, again, that was from Tony Gardner. Um, I, I don't know that I've been around long enough or followed all the different forums. Is this something new where they just throw it out there? I know the communities generally have somebody that, that tries to put it together, but this is the first time I remember seeing iRacing throw that out there. No, they do it every season usually. But the one that's usually chaotic is the NASCAR stuff because either somebody behind the scenes does it, but I actually think NASCAR, uh, iRacing sets it most of the time. So for the first time, I did a whole bunch of polling and stuff in the NIS series to kind of actually do community feedback instead of one person or five people sending different stuff. So I got a good thank you from Tony on that, and I think the community liked it, so maybe that'll carry over into other series, but the road series does the same thing. Like Proto GT will put up a uh, post, and they'll do a bunch of polls, and that's kind of where I got the idea from. And then they end up with a schedule and race lengths and everything. So it's not new. 
Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, it's it's amazing. I think you touched on this last uh, week on our podcast, John. But th- that uh, the forum can seem to be a really toxic place sometime, and uh, and the schedules are one of those hot topics for that. You know that. It, especially if this is a normal occurrence where people get together, they decide on the schedule, they vote on it, they turn it in. And then, you know, as soon as the schedule comes out, there's all these threads about uh, complaining about the race distances and the race tracks. Well, you don't get that so much. If you have a whole bunch of posts, you can go back to and say, well, you had the chance and 250 or 300 people voted and 75% of them said this or said that. And that's, I've seen that in a lot of the road stuff. So um, the toxicity goes away when there's ownership for the schedule and not just somebody behind the scenes doing it. Cause you're going to be in the race and somebody's going to be complaining. You'd be like, Hey, I had a part of that and you did too. You just didn't win. Yeah, that's for sure. We're kind of running down to our hour here, so we'll jump through a couple of uh, hardware releases. Uh, we've got one, a uh, Ultimate VR experience. It's a uh, a post that was on Facebook of a crazy contraption that... Uh, lifts up almost like a crane and throws you around uh, can't imagine the cost of it uh, have any of you guys seen that I've seen no, I similar haven't. rigs but uh, I don't think I could ever use something like that am I the only one who's bothered that he's not using a wheel <laughs> for some of them games yeah I mean it's definitely not terribly realistic <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody created it because there's definitely a chair swinging around or a racing seat swinging around. But I, I don't know. I, I've never tried a, a motion simulator. Uh, when I watch it, it just seems so gimmicky. Uh, I know that, that I've been in those simulators for for different other things like, uh, you know, there's NASCAR races. There might be one you get in. I've been in the Army one where you get in a a helicopter i've been in the ones at disney where you know it throws you around and i i've never felt urgen to where it actually felt anywhere close to being real to me have any of you guys ever got to try a, a motion rig i'd probably get sick if i did i got to try one at richmond all it did was just bump you around i was like okay this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah, I think it would be hard to make it realistic. I, I, it, it amazes me when you see those seats that have the little panels that push on your side and, and how that could possibly feel real. I, I know that I've never tried it, uh, but it seems gimmicky to me. Uh, there's people that swear by it that it, uh, it actually does a pretty good job. I mean, I kind of, I get the idea behind it. It's putting uh, pressure on you, on your sides with those panels, and it's supposed to emulate, you know, like the uh, the feel of a G-Force. Yeah, and I, I think especially for what we do, all of it is, is more about just adding extra sensory 
to to the feeling and maybe being able to pick up on different things to make the 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 experience and the racecraft better. I know a lot of people use the uh, the sim vibe, uh, you know, bass shaker speakers. Uh, I've never had an opportunity to check that out either, but I I guess it just gives you other sensations to to help you pick up on traction loss and feel of the car. I wanted to get into that uh, sim vibe here. I I will at some point down the road. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to me. I I, I know noise would be a big thing for me. I'd imagine there has to be some noise associated with it, but I usually race late late at night when everybody's sleeping, and even though I'm in the basement at the opposite end of the house, that sound seems to carry pretty well. Well, that sim vibe stuff's based off of uh, bass shakers, so they don't have, they don't really produce a, a sound, it's more of a vibration. So, I mean, as long as your rig doesn't have a bunch of stuff on there that's going to rattle when that stuff vibrates, it shouldn't be uh, too awful bad as, in, as far as being intrusive to other family members. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next... Uh piece of hardware we've got a, a company called wave italy uh inside sim racing did a little uh write up on uh it's a pedal set um it's called the wave impetus three pedal set it says high-end pedals I, I mean they look nice uh, they don't really shout high-end like uh uh he or hpp or or main performance that so, so uh, but they, they look nice. They look rather expensive. Yeah, I'm still looking for a price that. form. You can make anything premium if you make the price high enough. Yeah, it looks like uh, they start out at 450 euros. Uh, a three-pedal set is 1,500 euros, which is what, roughly 1,800 bucks? I guess uh, it 16, sounds seeing uh, according to Google right now. So that's not too bad. I mean, I wouldn't pay that, but $1,600 for some pedals. I paid a lot for my HPPs and uh, I feel like they're very quality, uh, but it, it, it was a, a quite a bit cheaper than these, but nice looking pedals. It's always neat to see different uh, companies bringing in new equipment. Uh, I've never heard of Wave Italy. Have you guys heard of them before? Personally, no. Competition. No, I haven't, but it also says that um, it is possible to change the brake pedal feedback. You have to replace the standard internal module with the one supplied by Wave Italy to get the feedback from a road GT or Formula One car. So I guess if you're going from road and then go to or go oval to road, you're going to, have to change your modules. Like I guess to get the accurate feedback. Well, I guess that's uh, that's more custom than most pedals. Okay, we'll jump down here. Uh, an interesting topic that was on the uh, forums: uh, the the world famous uh, Peak Antifreeze multi-time champion Ray Alfala. We've had him on the podcast here. 
uh, he uh, started a thread uh, about uh, that he was going to try VR, and he bought a Rift. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the thread started out pretty strong, and he kind of gave his opinions of it. And then uh, several days later, he, he threw a post up that says, uh, well, I returned the Rift today. Overall, it's an amazing product, and the immersion is miles beyond monitors. However, it comes at the cost of speed. I was a few hundredths a lap slower with it. Consider I spend hours testing setups to find a few hundredths, and because of this, it was a deal breaker. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's probably a combination of well-known shortcomings. Uh, low resolution, um, low field of view, input lag, inconvenience, and uh, you know those breaking him down even further. You know, VR hasn't caught up in quality of resolution yet, although I'm sure in the future it will. Uh, the field of vision is uh, a little less than maybe uh, 180 degrees that you would have in triples. Um, the uh, his inconvenience part is is talking about having to rely on spoken commands uh, for fuel and and not being able to see buttons and keyboards. Uh, it says if everyone was forced to use one, I would totally do it, but it's at a disadvantage right now compared to my triple monitors. With that being said, I can't wait to see what the future holds regarding VR. The future looks bright if they can fix the current issues. I thought it was, it was interesting, you know, and then there was some debate, you know, about how with, uh, with more time he could have uh, picked up the speed. But it's interesting to see a guy at that level try it and, and then move back away from it. I've personally felt the same way about them. I've messed with the Rift before for other games, but with racing, it just seems like you always have something going on. And if you're not looking the correct angle or the correct way, you could cause yourself to be slower. Um, he might just be slower because of the input lag, but personally, I'm not as good as he is. And um, I just feel like it would just be a whole new learning curve for me when I switch from... Uh, a controller, let's say, to a wheel on Forza way back in the day. It took me a few weeks to get used to it. I mean, obviously, it makes you faster, but with the Rift, I don't think I can ever overcome that. Yeah, I know there's a couple guys at the top level on the roadside that have, have switched over to it and took some time uh, to get used to it, but that this is probably the first person I've I've really heard that that really put an effort into it and then ended up switching back. I, it seems like most people once they give it the time they stick with it and say they can't go back. Okay, I think it's uh, time to start wrapping it up. Uh, we'll go into final thoughts here. Uh, we'll start with Jeff. You got any final thoughts? No, not really. Oh, you got a final thought. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I don't get in trouble by Hammer again. <laughs> that NASCAR uh, trailer was enough. Let me tell you, that fine was pretty heavy. Hammer, he just sent me a message that said, we'll see him on the track. That's right. Oh, you won't see me on the track. I don't race much, but you're going to see probably seven other guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's all good fun, brother. Yeah. 
What about you, Carlos? You got any final thoughts for us this week? Do I ever? No, I don't. I don't got one. I thought maybe you dug deep this week. I got one for you. Go for it, John. For all the people, for all the people listening, don't be toxic on. Don't be toxic on the forums. We don't need it. It's unnecessary. What? What about our uh, resident uh, NIS champion, Dave? You got any final thoughts? I'm just looking forward to the season. It can't get here soon enough. Chasing two. What about you, you, Jay? Did you guys know um, we won the uh, overall NIS championship with Chuck Sweeting one year? I forget which year, two years ago? I don't know hey, if anybody really there. knows that. What division did you win, Dave? Two? Three. That's awesome. You're going to be racing with Brian and all them this year, right? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for uh, division division two this year. Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll see you there then. What about yeah, you, James? Fun. Trying to do the same. Finally, actually do an NIS and uh, aim for a championship. I, something usually comes up in the middle of the year, and I have to slow my roll per se, and never quite get there. But this year, finally found a nice team through you guys and a uh, good support system with that. And hopefully, we can toss some ideas around, make everybody a little faster and a little stronger. That's the other thing I want to make a quick mention of is uh, I want to throw out there uh, a welcome to uh, all of the new additions to the team uh, I've worked with a couple of guys here the past couple nights and it's given me uh, great encouragement to see what our future is going to be for this upcoming season I'm, I'm really happy to have a lot of these guys here you know it makes me a little frustrated because uh, I've raced with a lot of you guys on the track in the past and seeing the name on the cars as I go by or get passed by. And I'm like, you know what? I've never bothered to ask to see if they were recruiting or not because I always felt like it was just a burden to people and they didn't want to hear the post on the forums looking for a team or receive that message, you know. I'm glad I did. And that's another good point, uh, James. Uh, For all the listeners, we are currently not actively recruiting anymore at this point. We've uh, we've came up with a pretty good uh, roster selection, so uh, recruitments are currently closed. Jonathan, are you still with us? You got any final thoughts? Um, I'm just looking to become a better driver this year, man. Uh, I want to win, and I want to do well for the team, and I want to contribute. Um, but I'm just looking to become a better driver and be part of the team, be, become one of the guys. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, I believe that takes care of everybody. Um, for me, uh, still doing the weekly grind, trying to build up some IR, uh, get into a little higher split, hopefully keep my fingers cl- crossed for some cleaner racing. Uh, I've been tearing up uh, A, B, and C whenever I can, uh, having a good time at Charlotte, and Looking forward to the next couple weeks with Michigan and Phoenix. Uh, the the new season is almost upon us. I know uh, 
Hammer tried to play it down and act like it was still pretty far out there. But I, I, I'm not one to look too far ahead. Um, but uh, I feel like I'm at that point where the buzz is starting to happen and, and I can start to feel like we're we're getting close enough to, to really start working on it. And uh, I'm really excited to, to be with everybody here. And uh, we'll look forward to sharing uh, our successes as long uh, uh, as well as our failures uh, here on the podcast uh, because it's all in good fun at the end of the day. It's a simulator. We're serious, uh, but we have to enjoy it. So uh, with that, we'll wrap the show up. Uh, you know, if you're listening to us, you already know how to find us. Uh, drop us a message on Facebook. Look for us in the forums. Uh, we have a website, iracerslounge.com. Watch for us on Twitter. Uh, you can downlo- download the uh, podcast at, at any uh, of your favorite podcasting sites. Um, let us know what you want to hear. And uh, if you'd like to be a guest, get a hold of us. Uh, with that, uh, we'll say so long till next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.